0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So we're coming to the end of a sermon series called Furniture and Fire. We've looked at Elijah calling down fire. We've looked at the Old Testament priests and the fire on the altar. And today I wanna talk about the second last aspect of furniture and fire. And I'm gonna read a passage from Revelation. Revelation is a symbolic book, but I believe it's real. I believe John the Apostle went to heaven and saw these things. But because heaven is spiritual and we are fleshly, often we can't really understand what we're seeing in the spiritual. And so he says, it looked like this and it seemed like this. But he gives us a picture in Revelation 5 and Revelation 8 that is going to help us today because there is fire from God that wants to change the world around us but he needs and he wants to work with us in prayer and we're going to learn how this works today so Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8 John says now when he had taken the scroll the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense Which are the prayers of the saints. Did you know that when you pray a prayer, you kneel down beside your bed and you pray a prayer, or you just send out an arrow prayer while you're driving, or whatever it is? When you pray, it goes into a golden bowl in heaven. And it says here that the the golden bowls were full of incense. Often incense and prayer are linked together in the Bible. It's like as the incense goes up, it's like our prayers go up. And it's a beautiful smell to God. Revelation 8 verse 3 continues the scene. Bear in mind what we've just seen. These golden bowls full of the prayers of the saints. Revelation 8 says, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar... The altar is that place where burnt offerings and sacrifices used to be made in the Old Testament. Now Jesus has fulfilled the sacrifice, but there is still an altar with burning fire in heaven. And it says, He was given much incense that He should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. There's an angel whose job it is to listen to your prayers and when the bowl is full he brings it to the altar and he offers it to God. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints this could be happening right now. I'm getting goosebumps actually just thinking about it. You know sometimes I don't know about you but I sometimes pray and I wonder is anybody listening? Is this doing anything? I've been praying for this thing for years. Have you ever had that? He says, the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar. So now he's taking this golden implement that had the prayers in and that offered the prayers up and now he's taking fire from the altar in heaven and he's filling up that golden container and threw it to the earth. The fire is now coming from heaven and being thrown to the earth and there were noises, thunderings, lightnings and an earthquake. My first point is that God wants to change the world but he wants to do it with And through you and me. Furniture and fire. You know if you just go furniture you think I have to change the world on my own. If it's going to change I have to do it. I need to make this church grow. I need to make my children believe in God. I need to make my business successful. Me, 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 me. That's just furniture. If it's just fire you think oh well if God wants it to happen it'll happen. But he says no no it's both. I want you to pray and then my fire will come through you. Why does God do that? I would have said I don't know. But now having children, I think I get an understanding. You know, I love it when my kids grow to the point where they work with me and I can see them maturing. And it's not just me feeding them. they now learning, first of all, to cut their own food and eventually to earn their own money and buy their own food. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) And God wants us to work with him. There's a beautiful passage in Romans chapter 8. I'm going to give you the background to it and then I'm going to read it to you. It, starts, it talks about three groanings. It starts off saying creation is groaning because it's subjected to frustration because of human beings sin. There's not supposed to be disease, decay, death, pain, killing, survival of the fittest, all these things that happen in the world. It's not supposed to be like that. And he says creation is groaning, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed because then it'll be released from this oppression from sin. That's the first groaning. Creation is groaning. And we see it. We see all the natural problems in the world. Creation is groaning. Then it says, we who have the Spirit groan. We wake up in the morning and we say, oh, why is the world like this? Why am I like this? Why why are these problems all around me? We groan with the Spirit within us. Creation is groaning. We are groaning. But then he says, the Holy Spirit is groaning with us and through us. And because of that prayer, the groaning of the Holy Spirit through us, the world gets changed and I want to read you Romans chapter 12 verse 26 it says likewise the spirit helps us in our weaknesses you know sometimes our English language is very inadequate there's a little word there helps it's five letters long and it translates a Greek word that it is that is many letters long I'm going to tell it to you not because I'm trying to show off that I know Greek but because it's important for you to know this. The spirit helps us in our weakness. The Greek word is sunanti lambanamai. Now you see a word that long, you say, how can that be translated helps? That doesn't make sense. That's got to be meaning more than helps. Sun means together. Anti means against. Lambanamai means takes hold of. The spirit takes hold of things together with us against an enemy. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Amen. I don't know what I should pray for. I think I know. Lord, please help so-and-so. Please heal so-and-so. Please do this. Please do that. I think I know what I'm supposed to be praying for. But we don't really know. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. That means praying for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, or that words cannot express. It's talking about a prayer where you run out of English words and you start praying in tongues or just groaning. You know, when Jesus came to Lazarus's tomb, it says that he groaned in the spirit. Oh, And people said, oh, look, he he must be sad. No, he was praying. He was taking hold of, together with the Holy Spirit, taking hold of the situation against this enemy called death. And he was kicking death out of Lazarus' body. And it says, the Holy Spirit helps you and me in our weakness. We don't know what we should pray for, but the Holy Spirit groans through us, intercedes through us with groanings that words can't fully express. And then he goes on to say, He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When the Holy Spirit prays through you, it is according to the will of God. And you can be sure when you're praying in tongues that it is 100% God's will that you are praying. And we can groan in prayer. Now I want to just talk about seven aspects of furniture That will make our prayers the type of prayers that will allow the fire of heaven to fall. And I'm going to go quickly today. Number one. We need to ask. James chapter 4 says you do not have because you do not ask. Simple. It's just basic. But often we don't do it. What are the things that you're wishing for, hoping for, longing for, waiting for God to do? Let me ask you a question. When did you ask Him for it? Have you asked Him? Have you said the words? You know, sometimes we feel like I have to wait for the right moment or I need to be led. No, just ask. Just ask. And I'm going to challenge you to ask God. Today, tomorrow, every single day, set aside time where you say, I am going to ask God for these things. Number two, we need to believe. And in this verse that I'm going to read it, not only says believe, but it says speak. So sometimes the asking involves us speaking. Sometimes we need to speak. You know, when Jesus got to the tomb of dead Lazarus, he prayed, but then he said a little side prayer. He said, God, I know that you always hear me. I know that I didn't need to pray this prayer, but I said this just so that everyone else would know that you are with me. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. Sometimes we have done the asking and now we need to start speaking to a problem. There's a very well known phrase now which says, Don't talk to God about your problems, talk to your problems about God. Sometimes we need to say, Get out of the way, lack, sickness sin, whatever it is. And so the verse I'm going to read is Mark eleven twenty-three. He says, assuredly, sorry, before I read this, just notice how many times the word say is mentioned. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, what's the mountain? Whatever it is. Your children are fighting with each other. Your aunt is sick whatever the issue is, say to this mountain. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, have you spoken it? Be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Do you see that? Believing and saying. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The New International and the ESV version say believe that you have received them and you will have them. And this takes me nicely into my third point. Thanking God. How many times do we pray? God please. Oh God please. I, I remember praying for a little blue car. I was a very, very young believer and I went to a service and the man challenged us. He said, pray specifically for what you want. Pray specifically. And I said, Lord, I need a car. I'm struggling to get to work. I need a little blue car. That's what I prayed. But then the next week, I remembered it again. and I said, oh, Lord, please, can I have a little blue car? And the next week I prayed it, and then I I was starting to get frustrated and down because I kept praying the same prayer and I wasn't seeing the little blue car. Please God, can I have a little blue car? I got the little blue car, let me see how many years later. 17 years later. (laughs) You Remember the little blue Mazda? There were other times where I prayed and it came quicker. Now you might say to me, why is that? I've got a couple of ideas. I don't have all the answers, but one idea is that sometimes the bowl in heaven is bigger than at other times and it needs to get full of prayer. And sometimes we need to pray a lot to fill the bowl and other times we don't need to pray so much. You say to me, why is there sometimes the need to have a big bowl and sometimes a little bowl? Why? Why is that? I've got a clue. I don't have all the answers, but I've got a clue. In the book of Daniel, Daniel is praying and an angel appears to him after he's been praying and fasting for 21 days. And the angel says to him, on the first day you started praying, I was sent with the answer, but I was fighting with the prince of Persia. There was spiritual warfare in heaven and it took me 21 days to get the answer to you. That was a big ball. It needed 21 days of prayer and fasting because there was big opposition. You see that? I don't know why some bowls are big and some bowls are small. But one thing I do know is when I keep praying please prayers, please God, please give me a little blue card, my faith level, my believing level, my trusting level is rather small. Because every time I say please, I go back to level zero again. Please God, and my faith rises to level one. Oh, it didn't come. Back to level zero. Please God. But if I pray thank you prayers, I go from level 1 to level 2 to level 3. Because I'm saying in agreement with Mark 11:24, when you pray, believe that you have received it and you will have it. Believe the answer was sent on day 1 and now we're just enforcing the victory. And so rather than saying please every day, I say thank you God for my little blue car. That's on its way. Thank you God for the salvation of my children. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Philippians 4 says when you pray, you pray with thanksgiving because thanksgiving expresses faith that God has done it. Thank you, God. Thank you that it's coming. Thank you that it's, it's been provided and it's on its way. I hope that helps you. Thank you, prayers. Go up a level every time you pray rather than starting back at level zero again. The next one is pray according to His will. So we're just going through the elements of the furniture that help us to pray the prayers God wants. 1 John 5 verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. This is the confidence we have. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. You know, sometimes our lack of faith, our lack of assurance is because we're wondering, is this God's will? The verse that I read at the beginning where it says, you have not because you ask not. In James chapter four, it goes on to say, and when you ask, you ask with the wrong motives for your own pleasure And often we're like that. We pray and then we think, gee, is this just me? Am I just being selfish? Am I asking for something for me? Or is this really God's will? And I want to give you a wonderful, helpful insight here. If you can find a promise or a verse in the Bible where God says, I'm giving you this. I'm wanting you to have this. All right, quick little rabbit trail aside. You say to me, well, which promises are mine? (laughs) That promise was for Jacob. That promise was for Moses. That promise was for David. That promise was for the disciples. Which promise can I say is for me? 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. I'm going to quote it in the New International Version. It says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. In Christ, all of the promises in the Bible find a fulfillment in Jesus because they are an expression of God's will for His people. And so even though I'm not Abraham and I'm not David and I'm not Moses and I'm not Joshua, I understand those promises were an expression of God's will. And because I'm in Jesus, in Jesus the promises apply to me. The Syrophoenician woman goes to Jesus. She says, heal my daughter. He says... Uh, well first of all he ignores her then the disciples say answer her and he says no I was just sent to the lost sheep of Israel not to a Canaanite woman and then she keeps asking and he says is it right to give the children's bread to the dogs he calls her a dog and then she keeps asking she says yes but even the crumbs that fall under the table the dogs can eat up and he says right I'll heal your daughter. Did he want to heal her from the beginning? Yes, but he wanted her to understand that in Christ, all the promises of God, even the promises to Israel, apply to everyone who's in Christ. And she did it. And he was giving us an example through her of pressing in in prayer and saying, I do believe this is a promise from God because it's in Christ. I'm I'm claiming this. When you pray something, you know there are so many prayers in the Bible, in the New Testament, where Paul prays. If you pray the words that Paul prayed, you know it's God's will. If you find a promise, if you find something in, in the Bible and you pray it word for word from the Bible, you can have confidence, I am praying God's will. We're moving ahead. I hope you're still with me. The next one is persevere. Luke chapter 18, then he spoke a parable to them that men should always pray and not lose heart. And he talked about a person who just kept on bugging this this judge until eventually he gave them what he wanted. And he was saying, keep on praying. Is that because God is reluctant to help? Is that because God is a stern judge who's uninterested and doesn't want to help? No. It's because there is opposition. Opposition. There are spiritual forces going on that we know nothing about, and when we pray, we are filling a bowl in heaven and we're working together, Sunantilambanabai, with God against an enemy, and things happen, but we need to keep on persisting. I wonder how many of us have given up on day 20 when day 21 was the day that the answer would have broken through. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, I I talked about a a little blue car that took 17 years. Right after that, I prayed for a big blue car. (laughs) That was a Mazda 323 and I prayed for a Mazda 626. And it came in two weeks. A miraculous provision. A miraculous provision. And then we sold it to a guy when we moved to Jersey and he never paid me and he still owes me for it. So I hope if he's listening, (laughs) that he gives me the money. I forgive him. Right. Number six. I've got two more. Clean conscience. 1 John 3 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commands and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. James chapter 1 speaks about a double-minded man when he's praying he says he's not going to get anything you know when you pray but then you're doubting am I yes is it God's will am I deserving Uh, you're never deserving but there is this thing of being able to come before God with a clean conscience and I just want to say to you there are times when your conscience is accusing you when God has already forgiven you and you need to say I trust God's word instead of my conscience. But there are other times when your conscience is accusing you and it's right to accuse you because you need to stop something. Amen. And in both those cases, if you will just come before God with a clean conscience, say, thank you, Jesus, for washing me. And I've put that thing aside from my life. Often the prayer just gets answered because I'm coming without a double-minded prayer. I'm coming with confidence before him. That's a whole big topic, which I don't have time to go into, but I will another day. And lastly, agreement. Matthew 18, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. There is power in agreement. Amen. There is power in agreement. We've talked about the Holy Spirit taking hold together with us against an enemy but you know what happens when there's two or three agreeing is the Holy Spirit's taking hold of a situation with me against the enemy. Then you come alongside and we agree together and the combined effect is so much greater because two are agreeing now and the Holy Spirit's helping both of us and we're coming against an enemy and that bowl is getting filled quicker. And then three of us agree, four of us agree. If you need prayer, send out a prayer request, send out an email, email us at the church, tell us so we can agree together and the bowl gets filled quicker and the incense got before God and the fire from the altar is put in the bowl and it's thrown down to earth and we see the answers. Friends, we need to pray and not lose heart. You know, in James chapter five, it talks about Elijah. And I started this series talking about Elijah. And I'm going to just read to you these in conclusion, these verses from James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is any one of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Call us and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. i just got a feeling there's somebody here and you've lost confidence in prayer. You said, I tried and it didn't work. And I'm asking you to revive that confidence. Try again. Ask again. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It avails much, friends. You know, people say to me, sorry, I can't do more. I just pray for the service. I pray for the people around the world who are trying to start churches. I'm sorry, I can't do more. I just pray. And I say to them, your prayer is more important and effective than anything else we could do. I'm so aware in every place we've gone in to try and start a church, it's always because somebody has been praying and laid the ground before we got there. Prayer avails much. And then he goes on to say, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You say, I'm weak, I'm tempted. Elijah was the same. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Father God, please help us to pray and not to grow weary. Lord, I pray for myself and those of us who've just lost confidence and and lost the habit of praying. I'm praying for those of us who prayer has just become a dry exercise and we're no longer fervent. We're no longer groaning in prayer. Father, I pray for those of us who gave up on day 20 praying for something. I pray, Lord, that you would revive us again that the fire and the furniture would combine together to produce great results in the world around us. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.